Welcome to the Wildly Wellbeing podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Holly. Today's episode, we're really looking forward to bringing you a conversation with Dawn Cole Savage, someone that we've both known for a very long time from our hometown. Uh, She is now a Baptist minister living and working in London. She has a background in illustration and she's passionate about social justice, creativity, which we're talking to her about, and an all-round fabulous person. So shall we get into the conversation? Let's get into the chat. Let's dive in. So hello there, Dawn. Hi. Greetings, Dawn. Hi. Lovely to have you with us today. Lovely to see your face, Dawn. Thank you. It's lovely to see your face too. So we thought we'd kick off by asking you a little bit about yourself. Um, Tell us about you and maybe a little bit about specifically your more creative background. Um, Okay, so I guess like creatively, I've always been good at drawing. Like I was no, like I was the kid at school that the other kids would come and get to, like draw on their homework and that sort of thing, and or draw them a dolphin or draw them like those weird things that kids just want drawn all the time. And so I've just I followed that route. It, like I remember thinking it was pretty much the only thing I could do. So I did like GCC and R. I went to the BTEC. I then went to degree level. I did a degree in illustration, which kind of led me to a love of model making and animation but after I finished university um if I'm honest I did not want to pick up a pencil for quite a while I did some commissions some small commissions and a bit of work experience in sort of the world of model making and animation but decided in the end that I didn't I didn't have I guess the passion to pursue it as a career I've always loved art I always loved drawing being creative but I didn't have what I saw in like people I went to university with. Like I had friends that clearly had the drive and the passion to to push through all of the really sort of mind-numbing jobs that you have to start with to get to the good stuff. And I just I didn't. So then when I guess I my career path took a bit of a turn, I suddenly realized though that my creativity wasn't limited to my ability to draw. And actually I could use that way of looking at the world um in whatever I was doing um so I went into ministry of a sort and worked in a number of different communities trying to create community and I took that kind of artistic bent with me and I used it in a very practical way sort of creating websites and um murals and backdrops for holiday clubs and creating props and things like that but also used it in a sort of looking at the world in a slightly different way to most people I think I've tried to continue to use that and to to um I guess develop that side of myself it seems like creativity went from being something kind of linear of Mm. an artistic talent to something that's you recognized it as being so much more encompassing yeah definitely and almost like a filter in a good way through which to go about life yeah yeah completely I was thinking about this before we started like kind of how would I describe Mm. it I like I like the idea of a filter sort of a creative filter to things Uh, I was thinking it's kind of like it's it's not quite a way of life but it is an approach and an attitude as well that that it's more than just a skill set it's a way of sort of approaching work life 
friendships, everything really. Do you have an example of when you use like your creativity in a particular way, maybe to solve a problem or, and just an example of how you've used it beyond just painting a wall? Mm-hmm. Um, I have painted many a wall. Just painting a wall, like <laughs> off the phone. I, like when, if you've seen me try to paint a wall, then it is not a successful time in anyone's life. Um, I also was just thinking, Dawn, and I feel like we should make this public, um, that you and I actually co-painted a wall in yes, Ghana. Yes. Quite a long time ago. I will... Oh, too long ago. Oh, my God. I will point out at this point that um, Dawn drew it. Dawn instructed what colours go where, but I did put colours into Dawn's lines. You did? Is that the trip that you ate too much citrus fruit? <laughs> <laughs> pineapple. Um, gas. I got gas because I ate too much pineapple. Yeah. Throw that one in there. <laughs> I'm sure people appreciate that. So the moral of the story is don't overdo the pineapple, however great it is. It was good pineapple, to oh. be fair. So back to the question. <laughs> the question was an example of using my creativity. I, I I find it's hard to think of like a single specific example. I guess part of the way in which I was thinking about this is that I am quite good at when there is a disaster happening, rolling with it and not getting overwhelmed or stressed out. Like a small example would be like if if something goes wrong on a like on a, on a Sunday morning service or um, some other kind of presentation I'm doing and it doesn't work, it doesn't throw me completely. It it doesn't like I'm kind of like it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay, and and actually you can approach it from a different point of view, and you can still get to the same point that you wanted or, or create the same effect. But you can Luke's worked with me a number of times, right? When like some of my um, painting sermons where the paint hasn't dried quite exactly when I wanted it to, so I couldn't do this big beautiful reveal of this artwork that I was trying to do. But what I could do was actually get people involved with me so I was trying to get some latex which was going to leave it like a white relief against the the paint but it was like the middle of summer and this paint wouldn't dry so actually five or six people from the kind of community came up and and got stuck in with me and they weren't afraid to get messy either and and actually it became this kind of communal project of trying to get to this image that had been created behind the painting And, and and I guess it's like that's the sort of thing where I think my creativity is at its best and I guess I've always thought that that was normal that I like because I guess that's how I approach things and how I've always responded but especially in recent years I've kind of realized that it's not so I now attend a community with a lot of people who are very very logical and not so much on the, the, the kind of creative side of the spectrum I've realized that the way that I approach things isn't necessarily the norm and I put that down to my creativity like to my ability to to go, okay, well, this hasn't worked. So let's look at it from another angle. Let's find a different perspective. So essentially what you're saying is dawn for disaster relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you mentioned earlier about when you were kind of talking about your journey, career journey, exploring what you wanted to do professionally and vocationally, how when we asked you the question about creativity, it was very much rooted in this sense of uh, art and um, or, or kind of that physical creation of something aesthetic. And I think that's what a lot of people think of when we use the word creative. 
that's what a lot of people default to. It's like, oh, it's the fluffy arty stuff. It's like people that draw pictures or like create sculptures or whatever. There can be for people that aren't that way inclined, a little bit of a dismissive attitude towards those elements, regardless, you know, we joked about painting a wall earlier, regardless of like the level of um, skill required, it can be a little bit treated as a softer approach, a softer skill. So I wonder if there, if you found in kind of applying creativity as a tool, as you've just been describing, have you found that you've been treated differently? Funny you use the word fluffy. And I know what you mean when you sort of describe it that way and being like a softer thing. And it's, it's not taken as seriously. Uh, my dad, I got my artistic talent from my dad. Um, you guys can see it. There's a painting of his on the wall behind me. I mean, he got into his art later on in life because his dad hadn't allowed him to pursue it when he was younger because it wasn't seen as a viable career option. And he went and worked at the bank for a vast majority of his life and hated it and then discovered his desire for creativity and his passion for art again at a, at a later point. I, I, I was really blessed in that neither of my parents ever made me feel like it wasn't a thing that I couldn't pursue because it wasn't serious enough. But I, I know what you mean, that there is an attitude I, for just little things. like you Being seen as a creative one isn't the one that can draw. I, I get asked so many times if I want to illustrate people's books or draw something or create could I create this and there is this assumption that I can basically pull it out of my well somewhere (laughs) (laughs) two minutes flat and I know that for someone who can't draw looking at me and looking at the fact that I can put pen to paper and I can draw the thing and they can recognize what it is I would also say that the thing that I draw is never what's in my head the pale reflection of what's in my head there is this assumption that it's easy and it's not. It takes energy. It takes it takes time, especially when someone else who's asking you to do it has an idea of how they want it to be in their head. And then you have to try and negotiate that to, to kind of come up with a compromise because I'm never going to be able to create the thing that they're imagining. And then you sort of translate that to then a, to bigger stuff as well. And there is like being seen as the creative one. There is a kind of a roll of the eyes of, oh, it's dawn off on one again. They like my skills are enjoyed and liked when they're useful, but also I can be really irritating and I can be scary. So I come at something and I I can see the possibility of what things could be. I think that's one of the things I describe about the creativity is in the same way that when I'm putting pen to paper or I'm trying to create something, I know what I'm trying to create because I can already see it. And so I'm trying to get to the thing that I have imagined. And I guess in some ways, like applying that creativity to work to life to to home whatever is that I can see the possibility of what could be I can see a potential and people who don't who haven't ever I guess stepped into that kind of creative side because I do think this is something that isn't I think there's a level of like it is a natural talent and there is a natural I have always been good at drawing I have always been this way I do also think it is something that should be practiced and has to be practiced to be maintained but also something that people can learn like it is a skill that can be learned to at least to a point but for someone who's never stepped into that the thought they can't see the possibility they can't see what could be there and that's terrifying and so I can be quite a scary person because I'm asking them to take a step into the unknown and I'm also not telling them that I'm going to this is definitely 
going to work. And I think that's something else that I've learned through probably my degree and doing some of the commission, like the negotiation of commissions that I've talked about. There is a level of if, if you're working to someone else's brief, I know that it's not going to be right the first time that there is going to be back and forth. And there's going to have to be stuff that I, I think is great that I'm going to have to let go of because that person is not just doesn't want that. And so I'm okay to, I guess, to a point with things not working out the first time. I'm, I'm okay with failure. I'm okay. I, I look at it's gone wrong as an opportunity. Well, let's try it again. I don't need that perfection first time. And I don't see it necessarily as a failure as in like, this is all gone wrong and we need to throw it all away. It's more like, okay, well, this has gone wrong this time. So what do we learn from this and how can we do it differently next time? Or actually, what have we learned from this? And maybe this isn't the direction we should go in, but it's given me some ideas in this direction. What I find really interesting and what you're saying, Dawn, is these kind of two facets of creativity, because I think there's times when I'm not bad at art or creating something, but I 100% fall into that category of, oh my gosh, I think it's shit. I'm ripping it up. My mum wouldn't let me do A-level art because she was like, this family cannot go through your GCSE <laughs> art because I like completely destroyed an entire project to start again because I was like, I hate it. It's rubbish. So there's that side of creativity. But then what you're also talking about is this whole kind of encompassing other creativity I don't know if you'd agree with this, but maybe all of us can tap into the kind of creativity which is trying to look at something from a different angle, negotiating relationships or renegotiating exchanges with other people in different ways. There's two levels to creativity, and some people have the innate artistic, but maybe can all of us engage with the other? I think so, definitely. I think, again, it's, I guess it's like mindfulness and meditation and all of these other kind of personal skills and and ways of approaching life like it's something to be practiced it's something it's a discipline to be to be stepped into and to be worked on like I do think that actually and I've seen it happen I've seen like people take a leap with me because even if they can't necessarily see it they trust that I can or people who perhaps have been inspired by the fact that actually something went wrong but it didn't all fall apart so maybe next time if something goes wrong I don't need to panic actually there might be another way of salvaging the situation that if I took a step back and took a breath I mean a lot of this is is like CBT stuff like it it, when if you you can go into like cycles of thought and like going round and round it in a negative way but actually if you take that like there's a class I think count to 10 take a step back take a breath for some of us there are people that it is that is a more natural way of doing things. And it's interesting that the art thing, I was thinking perhaps that's more to do with my background being in illustration. With illustration, you're always working to someone else's brief. So there is always that element of this is always going to be negotiated. And that's probably developed that side of my creativity more than, I guess, doing sort of fine art for myself. Mm. But again, go back to my dad and his work. And so there's like a piece behind me that, both me and my husband love. But when we were going through my dad's artwork um, after he passed away, sort of realising that he had like two or three really similar pieces that clearly he wasn't happy with. Now, I'm inter- I find it interesting that he didn't throw it away. Mm. Yeah. And to be fair, a, a GCSE level, you're quite, that's, I mean, I, I don't know any 16-year-old that has the ability to step back and be rational about <laughs> I'm still working on it, John. 
but there is a, an element of like you you're practicing like art is creativity practical art it's all practice like and and you might come up with one fluky piece that just <laughs> worked really well you, but you know you're never going to be able to recreate that it might be a different kind of beautifulness but it, it's not going to be the same thing yeah I think from like for me I am an imaginative person and I can uh, I love reading and I love works of fiction whether they be on screen or or in print and so I I love work the power of words and and writing and, and I like to blog and and write and there's countless saved files on my laptop of various attempts at creating some kind of whether it be work of fiction novel or or kind of written book about something you know there's loads of different attempts um but in the same vein most of them won't ever see the light of day but very rarely do I these days delete things and go that's awful I never want to look at that ever ever again um there are there are moments of that where I think oh my gosh what what was that 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 literally you know if I submitted that for my GCSE English exam then I would be ashamed um whereas you know there there is but I think there's now an element of um the ability to hold the good and the kind of the learning from those experiences even when the end result perhaps or even the midway result isn't quite what you thought it was going to be and I think that's part of what this kind of creative skill looks like. It's about kind of that, what you articulated earlier about the learning, the journey through the process, mm. as opposed to it having to be about the end result. Mm, completely. Yeah, definitely. I think like the journey, I talk about imagination as well. It's like imagination is so key. And I think that all of us have imagination. And it's, it's I think to, to develop and to learn this kind of way of approaching things, this skill, it's, it's, it's seeing what you already have and tapping into that. Like we all have imagination, surely. It's just finding that little, that little kind of foot in the door, that little hole that you can pick at and like and grow and 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 develop. Do you have any kind of any tips or maybe some things that people can try that if they're sitting there going, "No, I definitely do not have an imagination," or I've tried to think creatively, whether it is literally creatively in creating a piece of art or writing a book or whatever or if it's I tried to think creatively in the workplace and I tried to think of a different solution it just didn't go it just didn't work have you got maybe a couple of top tips and tricks that people could could give a what give a give it a go yeah and I guess there's some practical stuff in like so um Brian Eno created these cards to help artists overcome creative obstacles um called oblique strategies there's an app for it so you can like look up an um oblique strategies this app and he's obviously a musician and a lot of them are kind of connected to creating music. But I met an artist who had sort of taken the idea and, and turned it into an exercise for drawing. And specifically, he did it with groups. So you would start with, um, you would get people just to make a mark on the page and then you'd move the piece. It's like, the, you know, you sit with kids and you'd sort of, you'd have to add to the drawing but this is like you don't fold it over, you just add to the piece that's in front of you and you move it around. So you're adding to something, creating it as you go along. So you start, I start off with kind of very simple things like, so you make a make a bold mark, make a light mark to kind of take it a bit further and make it a bit more ethereal in terms of what you're asking them to do. So you create a mark that represents the day that you've just had. And so some people obviously like, charcoal colouring in the whole page like really dark and there's other that are kind of like and, and you're trying to get them to not 
be figurative, although it doesn't matter if they are. It, it's much more about kind of creating an abstract piece. And that's quite a good exercise. And it gets people outside of their comfort zones, but like in a quite a gentle way, it sort of starts them off and sort of and so the oblique strategies are kind of a they're a helpful way of getting into things. Like you can buy cards of like a creative exercise. Like there's like, there's tons of writing writer stuff out there. So there's exercises that you can do to kind of like start tiptoeing into that artistic creative side I think when it comes to kind of the the outlook on life that is a it's finding that way that you're already imaginative or creative and and kind of stepping into that and, and and starting to stretch that for me the not worrying about the thing that I'm creating right now being needing to be the perfect finished result that that skill became something that I then transferred into other parts of my life of actually this meeting that I'm in right now, if this isn't, if this doesn't end and, and happen in the way that I wanted it to, that's okay. I can come back to this. We can try this again. And I think all of us have that ability to be imaginative, to, to look at things slightly differently. And it's just taking that and like applying it elsewhere. And like I said, it's a discipline and it's a pr- thing that you have to practice if someone's sort of trying to engage with creativity in the sense we're talking, it's about making a deliberate decision maybe to not repeat the same exact habit. Yeah, any new skill you want to develop, any new thing that is, you're making a deliberate decision that I am going to commit time, mm. possibly money, effort to this. If you look at people who are creative and you wish, oh, I wish, and you look at the thing, oh, I wish I could do that. Well, okay, well, maybe you're not going to be like them, but you have some, I believe that everyone has the ability to to grow their own creativity and I think as well that's the other thing about creativity is it doesn't look the same in everyone like it look, like all three of us I would describe as being creative people but in very very different ways. Dawn thank you so much for for joining us today and for sharing some of your piles of wisdom around creativity and how that can be applied across probably all areas of our lives it's been a really stimulating conversation thank you. I really enjoyed it thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm, what I'm actually going to do is run downstairs and stick together that painting that I ripped up earlier. Good. That's great. <laughs> Send me a photo later. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, Dawn. It was lovely to have you. Bye. 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 It's always lovely to spend a bit of time with Dawn, even though it was virtually this time. It was great to see Dawn and to chat uh, specifically around this idea of creativity and the impact it can have uh, not only in a practical artistic way but in how it can be applied to our day-to-day lives and off recording we also got a little glimpse of um, Dawn's two twins who are just under a year old oh my gosh who knew babies could make so much noise I think her twins are a testament to her creativity to be honest absolutely (laughs) probably one of the biggest takeaways was the um the kind of the insight of taking a step back and not always looking at the end game and thinking it has to, that's where I have to get to right now in this moment. Even if it doesn't go right, there is learning to be had from that. And that, you know, in exercising creativity, in in challenging ourselves to view that as part of a process, a lot of wisdom and a lot to be learned there. It kind of struck me, which I thought was really nice, that a lot of the examples Dawn gave started with 
her way of looking at something, but actually then engaged other people. So she talked about how other people came in with her into the like creative journey. Yeah, absolutely. It became much more of a cohesive experience as opposed to an individualistic and kind of rooted in self. Mm, which kind of takes us back to the beehive. So that was the Worldly Wellbeing podcast for another week with the wonderful Reverend Dawn Cole Savage. Don't forget to leave us a review and rate the podcast on whichever platform you are using and give us a follow on social media. 